Hey everybody, it's Chris Aiken here, just reminding you that all of my books are available on sale over at chrisakinbooks.com. And for you dummies that can't spell my last name, that's A-K-I-N. So C-H-R-I-S-A-K-I-N-B-O-O-K-S.com. Get them. Whether you want the fun musical stuff or you want the depressing divorce and burn accident stuff, it's all there. So go to chrisakinbooks.com. All right. Well, without further ado, let's go ahead. Why don't we just bring on our next guest? Since all right. We're ready to all here. All right. And we've got with us our second guest today on Tremors Live, not to be confused with one of the three Tremors, which our next guest is one of. And he's here to talk about his other band, Death Dealer, lead vocalist, Mr. Sean Peck. What's going on, Sean? How you doing? Thanks for coming on with us. Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> elaborate. Elaborate. <laughs> no, I just. That's what I always say when they when the waitress comes over and goes, "How is everything?" and I go, "It sucks." And <laughs> I like to see the waitresses freak out. <laughs> I just nice. trying to keep life interesting, man. If you go, "Oh, it's fine. Everything's good." Like, "No. Really- How's your day going, sir? It sucks." <laughs> like shock the fuck out of people. But I love there's nothing I love better than talking about myself, so let's do it. All right. Well, <laughs> let's get right to it. And let's talk about the new Death Dealer record, titled Conquering Lands. It's it's the band's third release. It's set for a November 13th release on Steel Cartel. And it's the first album in five years since uh, 2015's Hollow Ground. And, I, you know, I remember reading that the record, you know, it had been in the making for some time. And obviously, you know, most musicians and artists have plenty of that these days to complete, you know, unfinished projects and work on new ventures that you normally wouldn't have time to do. So first of all, uh, just first off, did the pandemic – you know, in a way, did it really help expedite the completion of the record? Did you guys ever consider holding the record back until you were able to tour for it? Well, um, we no, we we were finishing it before the pandemic started. You know, we we committed to getting it done. But I think I want to go on record as being the most prolific pandemic artist in metal because I think I've done like seventy songs since April. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So I want to put, I'm going to fire the first shot. I challenge any other metal guy. Have you done 70 songs? I don't think so. We, so we finished the hollow ground album. Um, as far as death dealer goes, the fourth death dealer album is completely finished and we're almost done with the fifth death dealer. album. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so we There's death dealer as far as the fucking eye can see. Um, the, the new three tremors album is done. Great. Uh, the new cage, we've got like 15 songs and we're just trying to write more. And, you know, normally I, I write 12 songs and 12 songs go on the album, but we got so much material. It's like, we're actually going to do the, what everybody else does and like, you know, choose some of the best or pick the best. And then there's another, I've got another, you know, top secret, uh, band thing that has to do with, you know, former King diamond, merciful fate people that I can't really talk about. And I'm working on that too. So, uh, yes, the, the pandemic, you know, if, if you aren't a creative person and don't have a project during these times, I don't know what the hell you're doing with yourself. You can only turn on Netflix so many times and just scroll through horrible fucking 
movies. Uh, right. So I'm, I'm glad I'm a creative guy and I'm, you know, working on like, it, I work till fucking one or two o'clock at night on shit every night. Mm-hmm. So I've been keeping nice. busy and there's just, there's, there's going to be so much Sean Peck screaming heavy metal till <laughs> God knows when people are going to be sick to death of me. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm going to push back on our account, Sean. We've done yeah. 80 plus interviews since April. So <laughs> we're right there up. with you, man. Yeah. That's, um, that's impressive, man. You guys are, I, you know, I always give props to guys like you that, that do what you're doing is for a passion. Like we do it. And, um, I, that part of you know, the first fun part about being in a band is the performing. And then the second part is like talking to cool fucking metalheads like you guys about shit. <laughs> nice. Cool, man. Yeah. Thanks. Wolf. Yeah. We, we appreciate you coming on talking to us and you know, there's definitely, let's talk, talk about the record again. I mean, there's definitely, I think some significant, differences that on this record then from hollow ground uh the first obviously is the addition of uh you know mike lapond obviously from symphony x and roster boss who's major super group even now more super with him joining the fold uh yeah. you know, the, the songs i you know have more of those you know mid-tempo breaks that i think really uh you know allows mike to showcase his you know bass guitar prowess which to me also yeah. it makes the songs in the overall record that much stronger talk a bit about what Mike brought to the table on this release that may have been missing, maybe in the first two records. And was he supposed to be, you know, involved all along with this record, or was it because he had the free time and he wasn't out on tour with Symphony X and all the other gazillion bands that he's in? Well, Mike, Mike Davis, you know, the guy from Lizzie Borden and Halford, he had like all kinds of shit going on. And at the time, mm-hmm. we thought we were going to be doing all kinds of touring and all this shit. So we, you know, he, we're still bros with him and he, um, you know, said, Hey, I don't know that I'm going to be able to do this shit. And so, uh, Ross, the boss had stolen our base, our drummer, Steve Bolognese. And so it was only made sense for us to steal back his bass player. <laughs> so, you know, like, Oh, you want to steal my drummer? Well, fucking how about me stealing your bass player? So that's kind of how that went down. And then like, no disrespect to any of the other bass players I work with, but man, like Lapon is, such so musical like it's the first time you know most of the time like the bass tracks get done on a record like oh yeah it sounds cool you know and it's kind of just there but this man there's all these do 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 these notes everywhere i was just Mm -hmm. like holy shit you know he comes up with so many killer runs and killer ideas that really adds a lot to the music so it's kind of a new thing for me because normally i don't give a fuck about the bass we go to band practice like (laughs) we can't practice we don't have the bass player i'm like the fuck is the bass player? <laughs> <laughs> the fuck is the bass player for? So um, I look forward to getting on stage with him and you know, fucking looking in his eye and just going, "Fuck yeah, dude, let's fucking do it!" So, uh, I'm really excited to have him on there, and he's had it, and he's already recorded all these other fucking, you know, he's already recorded a whole nother album and then another album. So I mean. Right. I got Mike Lapon fucking bass tracks in my mind, like oh, yeah. way way down the road so um yeah great he he added a lot to it and people were really excited about it and that re- you know the response on this record it's kind of weird for me because i've been sitting on these songs for so long that i'm mm-hmm. just like i'm i'm trying to get excited about it and so i, I went back like two days ago and listened to the record again i'm like oh this is a fucking kick-ass record because <laughs> <laughs> i'm so into death dealer four and five right now right and uh the death dealer three conquered lands and i had to go back and 
I listened to the whole thing from start to finish. I'm like, okay, now I can see it from an outsider's perspective of why people are so fucking pumped on this record because it, it's fucking good, man. And and the reviews oh. have been fantastic. So I'm I'm excited. No question. Now, now, um, Sean, you, you know, you've obviously worked with several guitar players and, you know, the, the two most notable, at least to me, are um, Conan Garcia and obviously Ross. And, yeah. and you, you've made similar kind of music with both guys, but I think that they really have distinctions that come a lot from the guitar players. Do you approach writing music and and recording music the same way with each guy or do you have a different approach when you work with uh conan as you do with ross the boss well me and conan are you know fucking 1992 you know fucking soul brothers right so there's definitely you know i just and you know we're i talk to the motherfucker every day you know about football games and stupid shit i talk to ross all the time too about other shit so that's the cool thing about these bands is we're you know we're fucking bros beyond the music too and that was that's how even in the three tremors how you know we be, we became with tim and harry is like you know we're we like we like we like each other too and we like hanging out and fucking joking and shit with each other so that really it makes it i'm in it for the fun man so you know if i'm not having fun then fucking forget about it so every one of those guys is cool but as far as writing the songs um you know the other basically the way death dealer goes down is me and Stu marshall and you know Stu marshall and myself are do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to writing the songs and then ross comes in and you know adds his sage fucking wisdom and throws a fucking rip and the lead here and there and occasionally he'll pull a, pull a full song you know down but um he, uh, the three of us will get on a Skype session for like two straight hours. Okay. So it's like a jam. It's like being in the same room. You know, Stu's in Australia, Ross in New York. I'm in San Diego and they got their guitars and we're just going, okay, yeah, now play that part again. And then I'll go, oh, you know, and then Stu will lay it down right in the computer as we're having the jam. So we get a whole killer sounding demo, like right out of the bat. And then I'll record it. And the funny thing is when I record all these songs with my vocals, the final, like all those songs you heard on Conquered Lands, that that singing that you hear on the album is the first time I've ever sang the song. Like the first time I ever sing the song oh, is yeah. the final recording, which is wow. I don't know if everybody, how everybody else does it, but that's how I do it. Like, what you know, I don't do. I think a scratch track is just a waste of fucking time. You know, I'm like, fuck it, I'm laying it down. You know, permanent. I don't need. I don't want to come back. I have. To, I don't need to re-sing this. This is as good as it's going to get. And um, we've, uh, we've, you know, with both the guys, we've created a really insane bond. And then the, the other two guitar players would be Hank Sherman and Michael Denner. Right. And, um, you know, I, I only did 12 songs with those guys, but fuck, they were 12 incredible tracks. And, and it's a shame that, you know, uh, at least Hank Sherman's not going to be, I was, I was the perfect fucking writing partner for him, but we shall see. Yeah. Well, and, 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 you know, that that's a unique project because that, you know, that one seemed like it had some real legs to do something, you know, oh, yeah. on the bigger level. And then obviously then, you know, he, he went back to King diamond, which, you know, I get it, you know, in, in the business, in the business piece of it, you know, I get going back and working with King, but, but, you know, 
Is that frustrating for you? Because I know you, I I've known you for how long, I don't know, 10 years or whatever. You're a yeah. passionate fucking guy when it comes to this stuff. You know, when you, when you re when you write and you release, you're passionate toward it. You're not just one of these guys. that's like, okay, I can sing. Here's a, I'll shit out an album yeah. and, and move on. I know you put your heart into that. And then to have it just kind of disappear like that, that had to drive you nuts. No. Yes. You know, in the middle of that whole uh, dinner Sherman thing, those two guys got in a fight, man. And like me, me and the bass player, were sitting there having dinner with them. And we just heard them going in danger. like, blah, 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 blah. we're like, wait, what the fuck is going on right now? Like, uh, and uh, we heard it like, what was that? Uh, Sherman Sherman. We're like, what? what the fuck? And then like <laughs> they broke up and then me and, the bass player were like, fuck, dude, what the fuck just happened? And then they got, you know, we got back together and played a bunch of cool shit. But, um, you know, who knows? Like I said, I've got something else in the in the works in that in that realm of, you know, in that family of things. So um, they'll be, you know, salvaging what we had done in the past. But, you know, it's just it's real. It's kind of ugly between uh, Hank Sherman and Michael Denner right now. You know, they. He was supposed to be part of the Merciful Fate reunion and right. King Diamond wanted to fuck him over and it's like a fucking Judas and and Jesus. It's it's it's, it's not cool. So I'm I'm on team Denner as far as that goes because I think it's yeah. but everybody that saw the reunion was like, Where the fuck is Michael Denner? And they just tried to sweep it under the rug right. like uh, it was like it was nothing. So I call it merciful fake F A K E. Nice. Now, along with many others i'm not right. alone yeah <laughs> well i noticed uh, sean you, know, you and Stu, you did something unique that i haven't seen before uh, you both conducted a live stream writing session at one point yeah which I thought it was really interesting man talk a bit about that and uh, how did you guys come up with the idea and how was that experience overall doing that that was cool man because <laughs> we did like two hours Wow, and, you know, okay. we, we held on to a lot of people that sat through that whole fucking thing. And, you know, it's funny. We were laughing and, you know, making jokes. We came up with a killer track that's going to be on the fifth Death Dealer album. And um, we should do it again because, I mean, can you imagine if Judas Priest said, hey, we're going to do a live stream and we're going to work on some new songs. Yeah. Oh, fuck, I'd watch that for 12 straight hours, you know. Sure, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I thought it was a cool idea. And um, we should probably do it again because it was you know, it was fun and um, creative, and that's just kind of how we do it. To see, we just trade ideas, and Stu's, you know, really good at coming up with stuff. And uh, I, you know, I I come up with a lot of stuff too. I I'll record a full verse, chorus, pre-chorus of vocals and send it over, and um, with an idea for some guitar. So I did that with Hank Sherman too. Like I, I'm, you know, the song "Masters of Evil," uh, "Pentagram of the Cross." Those were all me, you know, from the start. Um, so uh, that was cool, and I look forward to doing that again. So I think people really liked it. Yeah, very cool. You know, one one of my other uh, favorite things about the album, other than the music uh, that's on there, is the Egyptian that uh, you know themed three D lenticular print cover art uh, that you did not just for the record, but obviously for each track as well. I, which is I, I read it was on each track you have it, uh, which is also he was done by um, uh, Dushan Markovich, who's I always worked with you in the past with the Three Tremors record. And he's a whore. Who's... He fucking oh, does man. everybody now. He's a fucking yeah. whore. Dusan, uh, if you're listening, stop <laughs> doing everyone's artwork. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, anyone who's interested in it, I mean, they, they should go to his website and check out, uh, you know, not just about his, the designs that he's got, but really just it, he goes through the process of how he really works his magic on there. It's really cool. And it's, um, 
it's amazing what he can do without those 3D effects and the, you know all the photo manipulation. So, um, you know, talk a bit about you know your collaborative efforts with him and when it comes to you know putting together ideas and concepts. For the record, you know what exactly were you guys going for with the artwork for Concord Lands? Well, um, the number one, number one, if you want a, if you want a wolf, there's no wolves on this one, but if you want a wolf, he's the fucking king of wolves, man. No one beats this dude's wolf. If you want a fucking warrior with a fucking sword uh, behind in front of a castle, like this is your guy. Um, what I like to do with do I'm a I'm a comic book guy, so I've been collecting comics for fucking years, and I'm really particular on my artwork. You know, I'm like some artwork people. You can see my the the walls in here, just you know, all comic book art and shit. Right. Um, and what I like to do with Doosan is get him to do shit that he is out of his, like he doesn't do a lot of. So okay. I, I didn't really remember him doing any Egyptian shit. And so I got with him and we talked about the basic concepts. And then I go, okay, well, you know, we got to make the dude look fucking crazy, not just a fucking Pharaoh with a skull face. And, and so he, we came up with this really unique looking you know, vibe to the main guy. People, man, I, I knew the album cover was killer, but I didn't know the reaction would be this good. People fucking love this album cover. And the shirt, all the all the merch looks incredible. <laughs> and it's like the shirts yeah. and the, and all the shit we made with it, the vinyls, like, just awesome. Um, what we're, with this whole Steel Cartel thing is we're going with, like, a, I, I coined the name, the phrase, we're the kings of the physical medium. Um I stole a line from Stan Lee from Marvel Comics. He says, you know, I'll say heavy metal is like a nice pair of tits. It's much better when you're holding it in your hands instead of looking at it on the Internet. <laughs> right. I like, I like that. Yeah. And so and that's and that's another thing we're doing. You know, we're taking a, a stand against Spotify. Only three songs of this album are going to be on uh, Spotify or any of the streaming services. and the songs that are going to be on there are the songs we're releasing as videos. And not only that, we've been giving the songs out free as an MP3. We put out the video. We give people that are on the email list, the MP3, because they can hear it online anyways. Mm -hmm. So why not give them the fucking song to put in their phone or whatever. And, um, but if you want to hear the rest of this fucking kick-ass album, you got to support the band and pick up a copy, spend fucking 15 bucks and, support metal and buy it and a lot of the journalists and the fans that you know the, the pre-orders have been fantastic at deathdealermetal.com deathdealermetal.com and they uh they've been supporting the concept all these people bitch about spotify not and you know oh, we don't make any money and then they don't do anything about it friday release date comes and their fucking album is up there for free everyone just pushes a button like oh i just why do i gotta buy it i just heard the whole fucking album for free like fucking thanks spotify yeah. and youtube so that makes zero fucking sense to me. I'm, I'm 53 years old. I'm far past and like do it for exposure. I'm past the exposure <laughs> stage. <man. laughs> yeah. So, so um, it's been great, man. And, and and not only do we make this killer these killer packages within you know our product fucking is better, a higher quality and better looking than all the major labels. I'll put our shit up against anybody's shit. And, and the prices for the stuff is like two thirds of what all the other major labels have. Our, our, the prices are fucking incredible. People, I, I, you know, I put the price up, like I raised it five bucks. And I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, fuck all, 
all this for only, you know, it's like 45 bucks for the whole package with the CD or something. So real good value for the metalheads and the, the pre-orders have been great. And uh, that's our business model. And, you know, we've got three or four more releases from my own shit next year. And it's going to be all the same. It's going to look killer and it's going to be a great value. Awesome, man. Yeah, that sounds great, man. You know, um, one of the uh, you know interesting things too, just going back to the inception of Death Dealer is that you guys initially started out as an online collaboration between you and Stu. You know, obviously he's in Australia, you're in San Diego, and now here it is almost a decade later, and now you got this big time power metal super group with you. You got Ross, Steve, and Mike. Um, yeah, you know, it's just a massive lineup. T I mean, take us back a bit to when you and Stu first started to plant the seeds for Death Dealer and the initial collaborations. I mean, did you have ambitions for it to become what it is now? Or that did that just sort of all kind of take on a life of its own to become what it is today with, you know, all that sizable talent you have in the band that exists? Well, I mean, it was, you know, um, this one of my old publicists hooked me up with Stu. Stu was like a fan of Cage. Stu was doing his Empires of Eden stuff, which was like a bunch of guest singers, like everybody you can imagine. He had just left Dungeon. And we did a song called Total Devastation, which we put on Hollowed Ground. And it was, you know, of course it was the best song on the fucking album. I was on it, right? So, I mean, of mm. course it's going to be <laughs> the best fucking song. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and he liked working with me, like, let's do another song. And I'm like, okay. And at that time, I was like, look, I mean, I get everything I need out of Cage. I don't need to be in any other bands. You know, I can, this is fully satisfying. And then... You know, we were we were on Skype one night. He called me up on Skype, and we were having a couple drinks. Like, mate, we got to start a band called Death Dealer. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, that name's got to be taken. What are you fucking crazy? And he's like, no, dude, there was a Death Dealer in Canada, and they're not doing shit. So I punched up the trademark uh, research, and the trademark was available. I'm like, holy shit! And you know, and so we were just like joking, like, well, who could we get? You know, we'd want to. We need to surround ourselves with as many as many famous people as we can. Like it was like KK Downing, and we're like, "Fuck, okay." I'm like, "Yeah, I'll reach out to him." Like, there's no way he's gonna fucking do it. But who else? And this dude's like, you know, he's a huge Man of War fan. Like Ross, the boss. I'm like, well, I talked to Ross, you know, online. So yeah, maybe. At first, it was like, what drummer can we get? And we go, oh, let's get Rhino for Man of War. So I like as we're fucking around, like making a, a fantasy football lineup of metal of a metal band um i uh mess i messaged rhino and go dude we're doing this band and we need a drummer and he's like okay yeah i'm in i was like oh fuck and then we're like well what bass player like would anybody even give a fuck about like a bass players again like no one gives a fuck and uh <laughs> yeah we go well what what about mike davis you know halford and fucking you know lizzie board he's right there in la and so i messaged mike right there i go fuck it let me hit him up and he's like yeah dude i'll do it and so me and Steve were just laughing. We're just like literally in real time asking people to be in our band. And then I messaged Ross and I go, Rhino's in it. And Mike Davis from Halford and Ross is like, I'm in. And then me and Stu were just like, holy shit, dude. We have this fucking Facebook messenger band. <laughs> well, I guess we need to write some songs. And then we, you know, we wrote, wrote some songs. Everybody flew out to my pad. We played like four shows, like Mexico. LA with me three shows maybe Mexico LA and San Diego had a great time crowd loved it and then like a few months later we were opening we did 10 arena show I mean like skip to the front of the line wow. opening for the metal all-stars and that that video we just put out running with the wolves has footage from there 
where right. it's just, you know, fucking five right. or 10,000 every night going right. off and no one knew who the, knew who the fuck we were at all. But, <laughs> but, you know, they loved it, man. They just went ape nice. shit. And, um, so we were just like, dude, you know, this is working. We're playing this shit cold and they love it. And then we did another headlining tour in Europe and then everyone got busy, um, doing their own shit. And then, you know, now we came back around to finish this, this third record. And so we're all, you know, geeked up about death dealer because not only do we have conquered lands, but we got two more. So, you know, yeah. we're just like everybody else ready to, to put this battle station into operation live one day. Awesome. Does that mean that I'm going to have to wait another five years for another cage record? No, dude. I told you the cage is. Well, you we said had, it's fun, God, but yeah. you're in death dealer mode. <laughs> no, I mean, the cage is coming out next year for sure. We're, oh, we're, yeah. we're working on cage every fucking night. I was just over at Conan's house and we were talking about the 15 tracks, how to make them better and All inject right. more heavy metal steroids into those tracks. Like I like to say, so. Yeah, there's a cage. We got to make sure the cage is good, though. Like, I was nervous about the last record, and everybody loved it. But so um, we got some really good shit, though. So it's 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 looking good for the cage. But definitely 2021 cage, 100%. Dude, if you were worried about ancient evil, you worry about nonsense because that record fucking slams. Yeah, I know, yeah. man. I was just like, that one, I'm like, I don't know, man. I think maybe this is going to take time to grow on people. And all the reviews were coming out killer. I'm like, fuck, man. They were liking this out of the gate. That was the one. I was totally confident about all the other Cage records. And uh, uh, that was the one I was like, yeah, this could be the one. And yeah, it. it so we, we have a killer track record of, of well-received albums with Cage. No question. Yeah. Well, well, uh, Sean, you know, one of the things, I mean, it's no secret you sing in like 930,000 projects and bands, you know, it seems like every time I turn around, I turn around, you're singing on something and you know, as well as I do, a lot of your contemporaries that started out as singers sound like shit. Now they just sound bad and you still have every bit, the power you had when you started, or at least when you started nationally. You know, why is it that you, what don't they know that, you know, you know, that you've been able to keep the voice right. It's all that pussy I've been eating. I told you, <laughs> just rock star. you just got to keep eating that pussy. <laughs> That's the trick, I guess. Okay. <laughs> the, uh, Ask a dumb question. Get a dumb like, answer. Hey, what do you, do you have any tips for singers? Um, I, I, you know, the thing to me is like, um, none of that, none of the fucking throat sprays and the fucking lozenges and all that shit, no. none of that ever touches your vocal cords and none of it does a goddamn thing. Like it's all singing. It's all a mind game, man. And so I just learned, cause I've, I've had to sing through the last tremor show. Like I pulled a rib, like four song in felt like someone shot me in the freaking in the side of my body with a shotgun i was just like i thought of my appendix burst or something so i've been through like completely adverse scenarios you know live and so i learned like dude you no matter how fucked up you're you're on tour your voice is fucked whatever just go out there and just go for it and it, it's not going to be perfect just you know don't freaking overthink it. it and whatever's going to come out comes out. Some of it might sound like shit, but there's, there'll probably be enough good moments where, you know, it'll be good enough that you'll make the crowd happy. So my, my recommendations to, to people is like, 
all I do is, is sleep and water, and that's all you need. All this other fucking shit is a joke. Now, one thing that is, we always talk about that's interesting is like so the three tremors, Harry and me, and let's see, Ripper, me, Harry, Halford, Dio, all of us have one thing in common is as we don't warm up. Okay. Um, I, you know, every, everyone's got to do whatever works for them, but warm. I hate sound check. I don't like going up there and revving up the jet engines and then, you know, revving them down and then getting them back up. Mm. So I don't even barely fucking sing at sound check at all. Mm. And, um, yeah, I, I like just going out there and, and blasting it. And I, David Draymond, uh, was talking to Ronnie James Dio and he said, Ronnie, what do you do to warm up? And Ronnie James Dio told David Draymond, David, if you have to warm up, you really don't have it, do you? <laughs> Good point, man. So, um, yeah, you know, you got to do, you know, there's there's things that I can do better now than, you know, five years ago. And there's some things that I can that I can't do as good as I could five years ago. So the voice is always changing. And, um, you know, but I'm I'm able to I got a couple, you know, new techniques. I went through a rough patch probably from like uh probably like three years ago man and my voice was kind of in a flux and i was like what the fuck is going on i went to the the voice doctor and like yeah you're fine but you know the, the boy the voice doctor i go to is like you know does the opera people here and shit and he's like you know the voices don't last forever and i'm like doc i don't want to hear that shit i'm not coming <laughs> to you to have you tell me the fucking voices don't last forever like that you're not helping the situation right and, um, i just figured it out and kind of you know got in you know changed up the techniques a little bit and um so far so good man i've been doing a lot of singing you know singing in the studio is different than singing live and sure. we had our first band practice with cage um a while ago uh, like last week and fuck it was great to get in the room and we're all jamming and we're like yeah sounds great we're like we don't know what the fuck we're gonna do with us sounding great live but hey we're here and having fun at least but, <laughs> so um yeah, man, the the voice is a, a tricky thing, and um, so far I'm able to, you know, keep doing the freaking screaming heavy metal that I need to do to make it make it uh, the Sean Peck experience. No, no doubt. And and if the if the voice ever does go, you've got Tony Webster waiting in the wings to take your spot, man. Tony, uh, yes, he can he can sing. I don't know if he can quite hit. I, I think I, I don't know if he can hit quite hit some of the notes that we're talking about. But I love Tony. Me and him are we. Me and him go back and forth on the Chargers all the time. I know. I, I see it all the time on Facebook. You and he's a he's a good friend of mine too. And I, I yeah, see it all the time with you two dude. just throwing barbs at each other. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just did a Charger uh, video. I think I got a new gig of doing these these videos like right after the game. It's pretty funny. Check it out on Steel Cart uh, YouTube Steel Cartel channel. It's I, I amused myself at least. Very cool, man. Awesome. Well, well, Sean. Obviously, man, the project right now, even though you're past it, the rest of us are still stuck on it. It's Concord yeah. Land. It's brand new Death yeah. Dealer. It is a fantastic record. If you if you like power metal, it's it's it'll be in your player for the next year. So go get it's it. Got, it's got a little bit of everything though. It's got it it's got the thrash, yeah. the power, the painkiller mm -hmm. stuff, the you know mid tempo headbangers. Now before we go, I, I wanted to talk about the ballad on this record though. Oh, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. The ballad twenty two gone. Now most ballads are the ones you just skip and you're like eh, and you right. and you just fucking skip the thing. But man, all the press, the, the, it's called 22 Gone. It's about um, 
22 American soldiers commit suicide every day, supposedly, statistic, which was like fucking mind blowing to even think about that. Um, so Stu sent me this acoustical piece and I'm like, what is the most depressing thing? I've never written a depressing song. And I, you know, like, this will be, this will be a fun challenge. This is right. Let's write a song that'll have people hanging themselves from a ceiling fan. (laughs) And, and yeah, Ross loves it. And he he calls it the most depressing song in heavy metal history. So I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of the ballad and all the reviews have been talking about the ballad too. So, I mean, that's, you know, you know, you've got a killer album when people like the ballad on yep. the fucking album. Yeah, that's so, a good point. Yeah, something we got something working for Concord Lands. DeathDealerMetal.com, DeathDealerMetal.com. Support heavy metal. Absolutely, man. Awesome. Well, well, dude, thanks so much for coming on once again. And we're gonna talk to your compadre here in like five minutes. He's gonna, he's gonna jump on and and talk, Ross. So, um. Good stuff, man. And, you know, obviously the doors open whenever we get cage or tremors or if warrior ever does something and you happen to be in front of it. Those fucking guys. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) I got, did you see, I, I I talked to, you know, uh, AC, I go, dude, let's just do an EP. And then fuck Joe Floyd. Yeah, let's do an EP. And we're ready to do it. We already had some songs we worked on back when I was with them. And then like, Two days later, like, oh yeah, uh, Perry, the singer, he wants to do the EP with us. I'm like, all right, you haven't done anything for fucking 15 years. I get you <laughs> off your ass to do an EP, and now Perry wants to. Do it. I'm like, that's cool because that's what the fans are gonna—they're gonna want him anyways. I totally get it. And then if that was like fucking six months ago, they got nothing. Not they don't right. not a post on Facebook, mm-hmm. nothing. <laughs> Those guys, I love them, but they're fucking lazy and they can't—they can't write a fucking put a riff on a recording. So. <laughs> uh, don't hold your breath for the warrior thing. If I was in charge, we'd have like two albums done by now. But right, um, yeah, that we'll we'll see when the warrior and we and we posted that and like there was like a thousand people going fuck yeah, warrior <laughs> people were so pumped on it, nice. and now there's nothing. So all right, yeah. good talking to you guys. I'll let Ryan yeah. come in. All right, all right. thanks, Sean. Take, Take care, buddy. Care. Thanks a lot. Right. Thanks for listening to Aftershocks. For more episodes, go to our website at www.aftershockspodcast.com. Visit us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages for more news and information on the podcast. And be sure to subscribe, listen to, and review all episodes on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all other podcast platforms. For your music listening pleasure, visit our website or go to www.shockwavesradio.com. For all comments and questions, please email us at info at aftershockspodcast.com.